We're beginning here on the top of Nun Pabba Medalov. The Gemara is continuing to discuss the issue of Chalamot that were raised yesterday. In the first half of today's daf, the Gemara is going to bring evidence or stories about two of the positions that we saw in the Amoraim yesterday with regards to Chalamot. What we ended off with was Rabbi Shmuel Bar Nachmani, Amrav Yonatan's position, Ein Marim Lo Adam, Elami Libo. Dreams are just a result of the thoughts, fears, and subconscious of the individual coming out while they sleep. And that's going to be the first two stories that we bring in today's daf. We also saw the position in the Gemara that kol ha-cholomot hochim that all dreams are determined by their interpretation, which we'll see in the subsequent stories. Amalei Kesar, the Rabbi Yoshua bar So the Caesar said to Rabbi Yoshua bar although it's unlikely that it's the Caesar, but rather the head of the Judean government for the Romans, Amritu de chachmita tuva. They tell me that the, you, the Jews, are very smart. Emily, my chazina bechalmai. Tell me what I'm going to see in my dreams tonight. Now, Rabbi Shua ben Chananya is a Tana who lives in the generation after the Chorban Abayit. He's a Talmud of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. He's a peer of Rabbi Gamliel b'Yavne. So we're staying at a time after the suppression of the Great Revolt by the Jews, and in a time period where the Roman government is focused on the East and fighting battles against the Persians. And he says, Chazit, what you're going to see tonight is the Meshach Parsai, that the Persians are going to press you into service of the king, and they will despoil you, or they will enslave you. And they're going to make you herd these creepy crawly things or these tame animals with a golden staff. Rabbi Yoshua Barchananya was playing on his fears in the battles that ensue with the Persians that he's going to be taken into captivity by the Persians and then pressed into service or slavery by the Persians because they are going to win the battle. So he's playing on the fears of this Kesar. And sure enough, here Herkule Yoma, the whole day he was thinking about this. And then that's what appeared in his dream that night. So this corroborates what we saw again as at the end of yesterday's daf. So what Rabbi Yeshua Barchanania did was he planted seeds of thoughts that he knew would plague the Roman emperor or the Roman leader of Judea and bothered him all day. And because of that, he saw it in his dream that night. So now on the other side, we have Shwar Malka, who is second king in the Sassanid dynasty in Persia. He he has very good relationships with the Jews. He was tolerant of other religious beliefs or other religious practices. And Shmuel happens in a number of places in Shas to have a very good relationship with him. And Shmuel Malka gives tremendous respect to Shmuel. He says, tuva. He says to Shmuel, I heard that you guys are very smart. Tell me what I'm going to see in my dream tonight. So Shmuel does the same thing that Rabbi Yeshua Bar did from the Roman perspective. He does it from the Persian's perspective. Atu Ramai, sorry that the Romans came, and they took you into captivity, Kashita, and then they put you into forced labor to mill the pits of the dates, with a golden mill. In both cases, there's the mention of the golden scepter in the first case in the golden mill here to indicate that this is a person of royalty and that they're being now pressed into service or slavery. So the gold is the indication of their stature and then they are playing on their fears because over here, Shvar Malka fought numerous battles on the western front, the Persians against the Romans. He was very successful at first at conquering large areas through the area of Syria and he actually took one of the Roman emperors into captivity but he also lost some of the battles and so again, Shmuel's plan 
playing on something that's a fear of his, and therefore here Hura Kuleyoma, it plagued him all day, and the Hortachazo, and sure enough, that night he saw the dream that Shmuel had predicted, but again, in both instances, what Rabbi Yoshua Berchananya and Shmuel did was play on fears, or things that they knew that were issues for these individuals, by raising those issues, it forced them, or caused them to think about it all day, and after thinking about it all day, then they had the dream, and that's the Kayim, what we saw yesterday, now we're moving on to a story about Rova and Abaye. It's a very difficult story, but the story in the end upholds what we saw yesterday, that that all dreams go after the interpretation. So Bar Hadyo, there was this individual in Bavel, that he was an interpreter of dreams. Someone who paid him, he would interpret it positively. And someone who didn't pay him, used to interpret it negatively. So over here you have a machloket within the commentaries as to whether this Barhadio was actually a charlatan and there was nothing to him, or did he really have skills or the capability to interpret dreams. So there are those that believe that he was a complete charlatan, and that his predictions here are all future predictions, which there's no way to test. And even there's a case later on, there's something that he says, which is said about something that was a fact, and then is corroborated. So if you believe that he's a charlatan, you'd have to say that he just got lucky by chance that he happened to land on it or get it right, but not that he had any skill set over here. On the other hand, there's a large number of the commentaries that believe that he did have skill here, and that is somewhat evidenced by, number one, the fact that Abai and Rova keep coming back to him. Number two is, later on in the sequence of stories, we'll see there's something that he says, which is said about something that was a fact, and then is corroborated, which would seem to indicate that he had some sort of power of interpretation. And lastly, we saw yesterday that there are people who are gifted with this ability to interpret. The Bali Atosafot said that perish me the mazal shataleda gorim. It has to do with when you're born, under which constellation that you're born, and it has nothing to do with being wise. The capacity or the capability to interpret dreams has to do with when you were born and under what mazal you were born. And therefore, there is the view of the Ben Yoyada who suggests that over here, this was his skill set. He was only able to interpret dreams when he was paid. And when he wasn't paid, he wasn't able to interpret dreams. And that was the mazel that he was born under. So he sees this in a much more positive light. Others see this as being a ploy for him to make money. And basically, he was causing people to be fearful of not paying him, lest they get a bad interpretation of their dream. And he basically is coercing or extorting people for money in order to interpret it positively. But all of those views see him as having a capability of interpretation. Abayi Rava both had dreams. Abayi paid this Barhadio. Rava and Rava did not pay him. Amrilei Akaryan Bechalmin. We saw these psukim in our dream. The psukim that they're going to bring, they're going to be a series of these. They're all from the Tochucha in the Sefer Dvarim Parshat Kitabo. And the first pasuk they quote is from Perak Chavchet Pasuk Lamed Aleph, where it says Shorcha Tavuach Leinecha, your shore will be shechted in front of your eyes, Velo Tochal Mimenu, and you will not eat from it. Chamorcha Gazum Elifanecha, your donkey will be stolen in front of you, Velo Yeshuvlach, and it won't be returned. Tonecha Nitunot Lo Evecha Veinecha Moshiach and your herds, your flocks, will be given to your enemy, and there'll be no salvation. So they both said that they had a vision of this pasuk in their dream. The Rava, who did not pay him, Amalei, Sid Iskach, your business dealings will lose. Lach and you'll have no appetite to eat. Mi from the despondency 
of having such bad business dealings. To Abayah who paid him, he said, your business dealings will be very successful, profitable. And you'll have no appetite to eat because you'll be so happy, so excited about all the successes that you have that it'll chase away your appetite. So then they brought another pasuk from the Tokacha. This is pasuk mem alef, banim ubanot tolidu, velo yulach, and they won't be yours, ki yelchu b'shevi, because they're going to go into captivity. The rova amarle, ki bushute. He interpreted it in its bish means bad way, meaning literally what the pasuk says, that you'll have children that will be taken away into captivity. Le'abayi amarle, to abayi says, ben chav benotecha nefisheh, You'll have so many sons and daughters, and your daughters will get married to other individuals, and it'll be in your eyes as if they're taken into captivity, because you won't have sufficient room by you to house everybody, even though sometimes the daughters do live by their family. In their day, most of the time, it was the sons that lived by the family, the daughters went to other families, but even if you were to have your daughters live by you, you have too many children, there are some of your daughters are going to have to go live with others, and it'll be like, for you, they were taken into captivity. So now already, you start to see a pattern here, which is, over and over again, Rava is going to get a negative interpretation, and Abai is going to get a positive interpretation. Because of that, there are people like the Shita Mikubetzet and the Ritva, who say that the questions that were presented by Rabbi and Rava, even though later on the Gemara is going to say Rava came alone later on, and implying that they came together here, even though they came together, nevertheless they asked their questions separately, otherwise it would have been obvious to Rava that there was a negative interpretation every time for him, and a positive one for Abaye. They then continue and suggest, maybe that's not the case. Maybe Rava was aware of what was happening with Abaye as well, and nevertheless he believed that the mazel of the individual was influential in the interpretation of the pasuk. And so that even though the interpretation for Rava was negative and Abaye was positive each time, he thought maybe that had something to do with his mazel, because there was a connection between the mazel and the interpretation of the dream, just like there's a connection between the mazel and the ability to interpret the dreams. And therefore, he didn't think anything wrong with regards to the fact that there was a bias here. And over here, he interprets the pasuk kipshuto, as the marsha says, because when it comes to this, you can interpret it kipshuto, and I have it only be negative for rova. On the other hand, the pasuk before of shorchat avuach le'enecha, he did not interpret in its pashut chat for rova, because that would have implications for Bar Hadyo as well. Because the only way that it would be that Shorchat Avuach Le'enecha is if the enemy occupies the area. And therefore it wouldn't just affect Rava, it would also affect Bar Hadya. On the other hand, you can have a situation where an individual's children are kidnapped, where there's no necessarily enemy occupying the area, and it can affect one particular person, and not everybody in the area. And therefore he interprets it in its simple explanation. And so too the Marsha says in the upcoming interpretations that he brings from the Tochacha, he no longer says Kibishute in its simple explanation, because if he does that, it would not have just an impact on Rava, it would have a broader impact on everyone in the area, and therefore he only wants to interpret it negatively for Rava, not for himself as well. So then they came with another dream, Akaryan, which is Pasuk Lamed Bet there, Banecha Ubenotecha Netunim Lamacher, so it's interesting here that he switches the order, and now he starts to interpret Abaye's first. Until now he interpreted Rava's first negatively, now he switches over to Abaye's first, and interpreted Abaye's positively. That maybe is because he was pulling him in, which is in the first two, he interpreted it negatively up front for Rava, 
And so then he thought, maybe Rubble won't come anymore. So then he flipped the order to start speaking from Abaye's perspective first, who had paid him, so he was going to interpret it Latova. And therefore Rubble would be tempted by the good interpretation, and therefore would bring his dream up to Barhajan again. And in the end, he keeps interpreting it negatively. In essence, he's trying to, according to many, force him to pay for the good interpretation, and therefore he's showing him you could get a good interpretation if you just paid for the interpretation. You'll have lots of children. You'll say that they should marry your relatives. And your wife says the kreva to her relatives. And she will compel you. And you'll end up marrying them off to her relatives. As if to another nation. I mean, they're going to go to the family of your wife and not to your family. That your wife is going to pass away. And then the children, your children, will have a stepmother, which will be like an amacher. And the Gemara quotes that it's Rava, quote-unquote, the Shitato. What is meant by Banecho Ubnotech and Adunim Lamacher? Zoe Shadav. That is a wife of the father, meaning a stepmother. Then they continue to bring Psukim, Akaryan Behalmin. We saw in our dream the following Pasuk from Kohelet. So it's a very positive Pasuk. Mirvach, Iskach, your business dealings will be very successful. You'll eat, you'll drink, and then you'll read Sukim out of the joy of your heart, out of all the excitement from your business success. You're going to lose in your business dealings. You're going to shech, and you're not going to eat, because you're not going to have an appetite to eat. And then whether the shatit is also connected to that, that you also won't want to drink, or is the shatit connected to the next statement that vishatita vekarita, and then you're going to drink and read Sukim. In order to wash away your sorrows, as we'll see later on in the Perak, individuals drink wine to wash away their sorrows, and there was a practice in the Beta Avel to drink wine because of the difficulty with facing the reality, and reading things that come from positive parts of Tanakh in order to lift up the spirits of those that are despondent. So similarly over here, they're going to read you good things, and they're going to give you wine, not because things are good, but because things have gone so bad or poorly for you. As the Marsha points out, that Roshe Tevot of Lech Achol B'Simcha Lachmecha, a Roshe Tevot, Aleph Bet Lamed, is Avel. And that's what you do for the Avel, is you try to be Misameachim. You bring Tanchumim and Simcha through both the wine and the Psukim, or stories that you bring to him. Akrinon, now we go back to the Tochacha. Here we're looking at Pasuk Lamed Chet in the Tochacha, where it says, Zerab Totziah that your fields will produce large amounts, but you'll only bring back in, you'll only harvest a small amount, because the locusts or the grasshoppers are going to consume it. So again, for Abaye, he interpreted the first half of the Pasuk, which is the positive aspect of the Pasuk, large amounts of produce will come to you. And then Rava, he interpreted from the latter part of the Pasuk, that you will only gather in, you only harvest a small amount. And so then they have another Pasuk from the Tokacha, 
Pasuk Mem, which is, Zaytim yiyu lecha b'chol gvulecha, you'll have olives in all of your your land. The shemen lo tasuch, but you will not be able to squeeze any olive oil from them, ki ishal zaytecha, because they will prematurely fall off the tree. So labayar malay mireshe. Again, for Abaye, he turpin the early part of the Pasuk, which is, Zaytim yiyu lecha b'chol gvulecha, you'll be a bounty of olives in your possessions. Rav amar le And for Rava, he interpreted from the latter half, no matter how many olives you have, you won't get any oil from them, because they will fall off the trees prematurely. Akariyan, they read from what's the introduction in Kitavo to the Tochacha. There in Pasuk Yud it says, Veru kolome aret, kishem Hashem nikra lecha, that all of the Amearets will see that Hashem Hashem is called upon you. We saw earlier in the Masechta that Rabbi Lezer Gadol says that that references to the Tefillin Shel Rosh. And then they will be fearful of you. The Bayi Amarleis for Abayi says, your name will go out and be widely known, because you're going to be the Rosh Yeshiva. And then people will be fearful of you or respectful of you because you're a person in a position of power and leadership. There's going to be a break-in to the storehouses of the king. And they're going to accuse you of being a thief. And everybody else is going to then think about themselves and say, if they took Rova and they suspect him of theft, then we're all at risk, and therefore they're going to be fearful. They will be fearful. They won't fear you, but they'll be fearful because of what happened to you. The next day, it sure enough happened that the storehouses of the king were broken into. And then if you follow the gears of the Bach, the Bach over here, it says, Va'atu, v'tavsi le the Rova. They came and they accused or incarcerated Rova for this crime. Dachil kuliyama. Everybody was fearful in the area. V'amrei, Rova itfas? If Rova was taken into incarceration for this, Anan lo koshkin? Certain we, we should be fearful. So this is one of the instances where it seems to be that it actually came true. So if you believe that he's a charlatan, you'd have to say that he just got lucky and it worked out that way, that it turned out to be true. And the truth is that Barhadya might have known already that Rava's mazel was negative. And we do have a statement by Rava in Moed Katan, Kavchet Amaral, where he says, Bnei Chayim Zone La Bishuta Milta. And therefore he thinks it has nothing to do with your schuyot and to do with your mazel. And therefore he believed that he had bad mazel. And then all of this just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy for Rova, as we saw in the Gemara in Horio, Taf Yudbeth, and Kreto, Taf Vov, where the Gemara discusses the fact that you shouldn't play around with Simanim for the future because they can have a negative feedback loop. And that's what seems to be happening with Rova over here as well. And then that might explain, according to those that think that Barhadio is a charlatan, the reason that he's getting these right is because Rova's mazel is bad. Rova's having a difficult time, or he feels that his mazel's bad, by feeding in into that negativity, it just feeds on itself, and therefore his mazel stays bad because he thinks it's going to be bad, and therefore Barajah is getting it right, not because he has any insight into the dreams, but rather simply because he's just feeding Abaye's good mazel and saying that it'll continue to be good, and Rova's bad mazel will continue to be bad, and therefore become self-fulfilling in a sense. Or it's possible that he does have some skill over here, and he does have an ability to interpret dreams. Amri Chazan Chasa Alpum Dane. We saw lettuce that was sitting on the top of a barrel of wine. Both Abai and Rob made a living from being vinners. They made wine. And therefore they have dreams about barrels of wine. And now he interprets them. if Your business dealings or your merchandise will double Kechasa. 
like that of the lettuce, which has multiple leaves over one over the other. That your business dealings will be bitter, like the lettuce, which is either the lettuce and the smaller leaves, or the stalks is bitter, but the leaves are sweet. Or, because we're dealing with different species of lettuce, some of which are sweeter, some of which are bitter, what we use for maror on Pesach. Amrlei chazan bisra alpumdane. We saw meat that was on top of the barrels of wine. The buyer amrlei basim chamrach. That your wine will be so tasty and so sought after. So people will all come to be by your wine and your meat because wine and meat come together or eaten together. And since your wine of such a high quality, people are going to seek out your wine and your basar. That your wine will spoil sour. Turn to vinegar. People have to eat meat to offset the pungency of the wine that they drink, that which is purchased from you. We saw a barrel that was hanging in a palm tree. Your business dealings will rise like the palm tree straight up. That your business dealings will be sweet like the date. And as Rashi notes over here, the wine being super sweet is a negative and it'll be cheap just like like the sweet dates are a commodity in Bavel. Your wine is not going to be something that is sought after. It's going to be cheap. We saw a ramon, a pomegranate that was rooting in the mouth or the top of a barrel of wine. That your business dealings will appreciate like the high price that's paid for a Rimon. That your business dealings will be stale or sour, like a dried out pomegranate or a bad pomegranate. We saw a barrel of wine that fell into a cistern. The to Abayi says, Your merchandise will be heavily in demand or desired. Like people say, The bread fell into the cistern, and we can't find it anymore. So to over here, your wine or your merchandise will be in such demand that people will seek it and they won't be able to find it. Your business dealings or your wine will be ruined. And people will throw it in the cistern because it's worthless. We saw in a dream a young donkey that is sitting on its head or sitting by their head or is by a pillow and is braying. You're going to be a king and they're going to put up a megaphone for you and is interpreting the chamor to be the loud sound or the noise of the chamor because the amora is going to project your drashot to the public. The Amora is the individual who repeats over what the Rosh Hashiva or the Darshan says, and he both either translates it, if it's in a different language, into the colloquial, as well as that he raises his voice to project it to the individuals who are gathered there to hear the drasha. The Rav Amarle, Peter Chamor, Gahit Mitfilech. The Pasuk that's found from Vayakiv Yecha in your Tfilin, which is one of the four Pashiot Tfilin, that their Chamor is missing. It was erased from your Tfilin. So Amalei, Rabbi says back to him, I saw my Tfilin and it's there. 
So that's not correct. Samalei, Vav de Petr Chamor, Vadai Gahit. The Vav from Petr Chamor was definitely erased, mitfilach, from your tefillin. The Petr Chamor, that is, in Parshat Vayer Keviacha, is written Chaser. So the claim of Barhadio was that the Sofer originally wrote it Malay, and then afterwards erased the Vav, which would only be a problem if he erased the Vav after he had already written everything. Had he erased it beforehand, it would have been fine. Now, the Bach has a continuation of the story, which is Ein Rava. Rava then looked at his tefillin, Ashkach Vav, the Petr Chamor, Gahit Bitfila. Sure enough, the Vav of Petr Chamor was erased in his tefillin. Again, whether that makes it pasul or not depends on whether it was erased and then written Kastidran or it was erased after the fact. But nevertheless, here's another corroboration or story where Barhadia says something and it seems like it is true. Most of the things he's saying are in the future, so there's no way to know whether they come true or not. But over here, it's something he's saying that is a fact. And Rava checks the facts and sure enough, that is that way similar to what we saw before with the story of Rova being incarcerated or accused of stealing from the treasuries of the king. So this is supportive of those individuals who want to suggest that Barhadio was not a charlatan, but rather he had some capabilities with regards to interpretations of dreams. In the end, Rova comes to visit Barhadio alone. So this is the question that's raised by the Shittim Gubetzet, the Ritva. It seems that beforehand he was there together with Abaye, and he was hearing all this go on, and yet he didn't figure out that there was some sort of bias in his interpretation, despite the fact that it's all done in front of him. So we saw the two answers that they gave, either that he wasn't personally in front of him, each one was interpreted separately, even though they came together. Or, even if they were interpreted together, Rava thought it was Taloi B'Mazal, and therefore he did not assume that this Barajo was being influenced by the payment. Amalei Chazai Dasho Brayato, I saw my outer door, Dinafal, that fell down. Amalei, he said to him, Ishticha Shechva, that your wife is going to pass away. And the outer door represents his wife, because the... Woman is the Akeret Habayit, or the Mishmeret Habayit, and therefore when the door falls down, that is an indication of the loss of his wife, or that his wife will pass away. So, I saw that my, my molars and my incisors that fell out. So, he interpreted that to mean, that your children are going to pass away. I saw two doves that were flying away. You're going to divorce two women. And as Rashi points out, that's because a man's wife is called a Yonah. I saw two tops of turnips in the dream. You're going to be hit with two blows by a cudgel or a club. And sure enough, Rova went that day, and he was sitting in the Beit Midrash learning. All day long in the Beit Midrash, there were these two blind individuals. They were quarreling with each other. They had an altercation. So Rova finally got up and said, let me break up this fight. And then they hit, seemingly accidentally, they were trying to hit their other individual. Instead, they ended up hitting Rava, and he took two blows. They raised their hand again to hit again, and meantime, they're blind, so they can't see that they're really hitting Rava and not the other individual. And Rava says, Amar Mistaye, it's enough. Train Chazai. I only saw two turnip heads in my dream, and therefore, there's no more blows that I'm deserving of today. So again, here you see some sort of coming to fruition of those items that Barhad Diaz says.
So Rava finally got wind of the problem and he said he paid him in order to get a better interpretation and sure enough, as he paid him, he got a better interpretation or all the dreams were interpreted in a positive light. Whether that's because Rava in the beginning did not believe that the money was a factor, unlike the Ben Yoyada said, which is that there's certain people who can only interpret dreams for money and therefore Rava didn't believe that but now he comes around to the fact that maybe that is the case or he realized that this individual has some power to him and he wanted the dreams to be interpreted positively so therefore he saw that Abai was paying and getting better results so then he also pays to get better results Amalei Chazai Ashito Dinofo I saw the way that they bring in the Mesorah Shas from Rashi other places is that it's the foundation of the walls back on Dov with the story of deposing of Rabbi Gamliel and he goes to visit Rabbi Yeshua in his house over there it says that Ashita, the Beitach, that the walls of his house were black. So there it would mean that it's the walls of the house. Well, it's the walls of the house, the foundation of the house. Did not fall that they fell down. Amalei, now all of a sudden he gets a positive interpretation. You have merchandise now that have no boundaries with it, meaning that they will profit greatly. As if there's no room in the house and the walls burst outwards. I saw the villa of Abaye that it fell down, and then the dust covered it over. Abaye is going to pass away. And his yeshiva is going to come join you or be by you. I saw my own villa, the Nafel, that fell down. And then all the people came and took brick by brick. That your word, your teachings are going to be spread throughout the world. So the Apadna, your house, represents your teachings, your Beit Midrash. And everybody's trying to get a piece of it because you're the Rosh Yeshiva, you're the Gadol Ador. So he says, I had another dream. My head was split open. And my brain slipped out. So now this is something that in a dream would seemingly be negative. Yet Barhadya found a positive way to interpret it and says, Amalei, Udra mi nofik. Feathers or the stuffing of your pillow will come out. So he gave an innocuous interpretation to something that seemingly was negative. Amalei, Akarion, Halala de Mitzra I was saying over Halala Mitzri in a dream, as Rashi describes over here, Halala Mitzri is as opposed to Halal Agadol. It's not just the first half of Halal that we say on the Seder night. Halal Mitzri, according to this, is the entire Halal that we say on Yom Tov Pesach, but not Halal Agadol, which we do say at the end of the Seder. Amalei, Nisa Mitrachishlach. He says that a miracle is going to happen to you, just like we say Halal over the miracles that happened in Mitzrayim. And Rashi says over here, Ayudei Nisim Nikra Nisan. The month of Nisan is called Nisan because of the miracles that took place at Mitzrayim, which is interesting only because the name derives from the Babylonian months, but it's an interesting play on Nisan that it references to Nisim. And the Gemara at the end of Sachim says they instituted that just like by Yitziat Mitzrayim they say Halal, so too on any difficulty that befalls Klai Yisrael, and Hashem saves them or redeems them from it, that we say Halal. So Halal is for things that are miraculous, and therefore he interprets for him, a miracle is going to happen to you, Rova. It happened to be that Rova and Barhadjo were found on the same boat or raft, and they were taking a trip, a ferry across the river. Barhadjo says, wait a minute, this guy, I interpreted his dream that a miracle is going to happen to him. Maybe this boat's going to sink, and he'll miraculously survive, but me being on this boat is not a good idea, because I'm not guaranteed to get that same salvation or miracle. And he was particularly worried being on the water, because Halal Mitri was said over Kriyat Yamsuf, 
and therefore he felt that maybe Rav was going to be saved in the water, yet Barhadyal, who was seemingly a foe or negative on Rav, would then bear the brunt of that by drowning instead of being saved. Bahadi the Kassalik, so he jumped off the boat or left the boat quickly. His journal or his ledger fell away from him. Ashkechei Rav, Rav found the journal or the ledger, and he saw that what was written in it, again, this corroborates what we were discussing yesterday, that all dreams go after the interpretation. Amar Rosha Bididach Kaimo had to do with you in the end. All these interpretations were dependent on you. So it wasn't simply about Mazel, as the Rishonim were describing, that Rabbah thought all along that it had to do with his Mazel or by his Mazel. In the end, what's written in the ledger or the book of Barhajo is that his interpretation governs, and therefore it could be either way. It has nothing to do with the muzzle of Rav or Abayi, but it has to do with the way that he interprets the dream. He says, and you caused me all this difficulty, all of these problems because of the interpretations that you gave, that all my business would be poor, and that all these difficult things would happen to me. I forgive you for all those things that you interpreted negatively and the bad things that befell me. With the exception of the daughter of Rav Chista, who was the wife of Rava, and twice in the interpretations of the dreams, Bahaja said to Rava that his wife would pass away. And then he says, I will not forgive you for it. I want this individual to be turned over to the authorities, who have no mercy on him, meaning that Rava basically curses him for all the difficulties he caused, or most importantly, because he said his wife is going to pass away. And therefore, he cursed him that he should be captured by the authorities and they will have no mercy upon him. Amar my Avid. So now Barajo is stuck in a bind and he says, what am I going to do? Kimiri, we have a Misora. It seems to me that Barajo was somewhat knowledgeable and maybe even Ochtam al because it says, the Kilat Chacham, Afilu Bichinam, a curse from a Chacham. Even if it's for naught, or even if it's just thrown out, hiba, it comes true. Which obviously raises some philosophical questions as, why is it that a klala of a chacham that has no basis still comes true? Whether you'd simply think that that throws it to the world of teva, and therefore the person's affected by the natural course of the world, and just not saved by a Kodesh Baruch Hu from what naturally would happen, which is the way the Kobit Shirim explains it in the Gemara Tubot, Samach Bedam would bet, or... Others like the Mikta Meliel explained, had it not been for the fact that the Talmud Chacham had a reason to curse him, even though in the end that reason turns out to be unsubstantiated, but the fact that this person caused the Talmud Chacham to be makbid, that in and of itself is a negative that causes the Kalala to come true because of the negative impact that he had or influence that he had on this Talmud Chacham that caused him to be in pain and say such a curse. And certainly over here, where Rava has a right to curse me, or he really is justified in cursing me, and therefore it's definitely going to come true. Amar ikum ve'igle. He says, you know what? I'm going to put myself into self-exile. Damamar galut mechaperet avon. Going into exile is mechaper for avonot. Kam gali the bey romai. So he put himself into exile to bey romai. It's not clear here whether bey romai is the name of a place, or rather it's a area which was under Roman dominion. And therefore he was leaving the Persian Empire where the Amoraim in Bavel lived, and he was moving westward to where the Romans had control. And so he's Megale himself to a place which is under Roman dominion. Yativa Pitcha Deresh Torzina, the Malka, he went and sat down at the doorway to the keeper of the king's wardrobe. Resh Torzina Chazachalma, the head master of the wardrobe, had a dream. I saw a dream 
that a needle went into my finger. So he says, if you give me a zuz, and then obviously he would have interpreted the dream, and he doesn't pay him, and therefore he doesn't interpret the dream for him. So from this you see that, that Bar Hadja, even though he put himself into Galut, is not really doing tshuva, because he's not changing his methodology, he's not changing his ways. Now, how did the head of the wardrobe of the king even know that he could interpret dreams? So it must have been that he mentioned something, or he told them something, so he's obviously engaged in the profession still, and he's still acting in the same manner. Says, I saw that there were two worms that fell into two of my fingers. Once again, Bahadja says, give me a zuz. And the head of the king's wardrobe refused to give it to him. And he didn't say anything. He didn't interpret it. I had another dream and I saw there were worms on my entire hand. So he finally gives the interpretation without the payment. The entire wardrobe of the king is infested now with worms or moths that are eating the wool or the silk. Shamei Bel Malka, the king's entourage, got word of this. Vatua, the race towards Zina. They brought in the head of his wardrobe, Kakadlile, and they were going to put him to death because he didn't take care of the king's wardrobe and he didn't ensure that they wasn't infested or didn't get ruined by these pests. Amalei, and now am I. Why are you killing me? I do the high. You should bring that guy, Barhajin, He knew the information and yet he didn't tell him because he had the first two dreams earlier whereby had he paid him, he would have gotten the information that they were infested and they could have stopped it earlier. It's only after he has the dream that the entire hand is full of worms, which means that the entire wardrobe is already infested, that he finally gave the interpretation without being paid. Had he given the interpretation earlier, they probably could have saved the wardrobe. I told the Bar Hajjah, Amrlei, Amatu, Zuzudidach, Harvo, Shirai, the Malka. Because of your little payment, your Zuz, the entire wardrobe of the king was lost, or all the expensive clothing, whether it was wool or silk, of the king was lost. Because of your miserliness, you caused huge losses to the king, and therefore you're deserving of the death penalty. So it's interesting that at the point when he finally maybe did tshuva by giving the interpretation without getting paid, that's in the end what causes him the problem because they now realize that he could have given that interpretation earlier had they just paid him, and the delay was caused by the fact that he refused to take payment. So at first, when he didn't do tshuva, that's what ends up getting him trapped or into a problem. Kafitu train arze bichablo. They tied two cedars together with a rope, meaning they pulled them tight together. They were still planted in the ground. They pulled them towards each other with a rope. Asur chad kare lechad arza, vechad kare lechad arza. They tied one of his legs to one of the cedars and another leg to the other cedar. Vishawu lechavlo. And then they released the rope so the trees go flying back. Adit stalik. Here we have the girsa reshe until he split in half. Now the girsa of the Bach is that Amarava lo I will not forgive him until his head is completely split in half. And therefore both trees then went back to their former position. And then he split in half and fell into two. It's a little bit strange. The Lashona Gemara, it seems to have it happened twice. That he split in half and then his head split in half. According to the Gears of the Bach, Roba said he wouldn't forgive him until he was completely split in half. Either way, it was a terrible punishment, like Rova had cursed him, that he'd be captured by the governing authorities, the Romans, and they would have no mercy on him. And certainly that's what comes about to Barhadjo, because of the negative interpretations that he had given to Rova, which Rova at first thought were the real interpretations of the dreams that he had had. 
But when Rubber realizes it, that he's now influenced by being paid or not being paid, and in the end it all has to do with the interpretation, and not that it's necessarily true for this particular individual and only this individual, he was very upset because all for money, this individual was causing problems to Rova and the caused the death of his wife. And over here, the Ben Yoyada has a beautiful interpretation about the punishment. Barhad Yah caused the separation between Rova and his wife, and Ishvishto are considered to be Gufechad, they're considered to be a single unit, and therefore, the only appropriate punishment for Barhad Yah was for him to be separated and broken in half, just like he broke apart this married couple, Rova and his wife, the daughter of Rav Chista. And then the Bach's addition over here, that Rova was not satisfied until he was split completely half. His Rosh indicate that his wife was of such importance to him, it meant so much to him, that she was like his atarit, his crown on his head, and that's why he wanted the punishment to be befitting the pain that he caused Rova. And it came through cedar trees, because like we say in Mizmor Shiliyom HaShabbat, that the Tzadikim Ke'erez Belvanon Yisgeh, that they will multiply and they will flourish like the cedars of Lebanon. And therefore, the punishment came through the cedars. So now we have another story with regards to the interpretations of dreams by Rabbi Ishmael. And it says, Shal ben Damo, who was ben Achotosh Rabbi Ishmael, was the son of the sister Rabbi Ishmael, was his nephew. As Rabbi Ishmael, so Rabbi Ishmael's nephew asked him, Re'iti shnei lechayai shinashru, I saw that my two jawbones dislodged or dislocated. Amar, so he interpreted the dream to mean Shnei Gududei Romi. Two Roman legions, Yatsu Alechara, had taken counsel or planned to do bad to you. Umetu, and they passed away or they died. So the, the Chayayim, the jaw bones, which are the area of speech, so that was what they took counsel or planned bad about you. But when they fell out or they dislocated, that was the fact that they died and they couldn't bring it to fruition. Amalei Bar Kapara, the Rabbi, so Bar Kapara said to Rabbi, Ra'iti chotmi shinashar. I saw my nose that fell off in a dream. Anger was taken away or dismissed from you. Because Haron Af, the description of the nose flaring up is a description of anger. The fact that it fell away means that there was supposed to be some anger and it was dismissed or dissipated. I saw my two hands that were cut off. What's interesting about the stories of Bar Kapara's dreams are that they're all seemingly negative things, yet Rabbi in each case is able to interpret them to the positive. You're going to become very wealthy, and you won't have to work anymore. I saw my two legs were cut off. You're going to be so important, or you're going to be so wealthy that you won't have to walk anymore. You'll be taken on a horse. I saw in a dream that you will die in Adar and you won't see the month of Nisan. You're going to pass away in your glory. From the word Adar, Hadar, that you'll pass away. And you won't come to any test and you won't have anything negative associated with your death. Now we turn back to the story with Rabbi Shmuel. And a very interesting story that's difficult to understand, which is Amalei Stuki, the Rabbi Shmuel. The Stuki says to Rabbi Shmuel, Ra'iti, and he starts to tell over to him all of these dreams. And Rabbi Shmuel, in each of the cases, interprets the dreams. The question is, why is Rabbi Shmuel interpreting the dreams for this Stuki? So it's very likely that he was doing it in order to show that this Stuki was not really as pious as he indicated, because through his dreams, Rabbi Shmuel is able to see that this person's really a sinner or a problematic person, or it was in order to bring evidence to the fact that Rabbi Shmuel's interpretations of dreams were actually correct. Now, of course, his Talmudim believe him, 
But now this gave broader publicity to the fact that Rabbi Yishmael had this capacity to interpret dreams because he's now doing it for individuals who don't believe in the powers of Rabbi Shmuel, and yet here we see that he is successful at interpreting the dreams. So maybe for either one of those reasons, he does go ahead and interpret the dreams of this tztuki. So, Ra'iti shani mashkesh shem in the zeitim. I was feeding oil to the olives. Amalei bala imo. This person is a sinner who slept with his mother. That's why he's taking that which derived from the olive and trying to put it back into the olive. Amalei chazai dekatif kochva. I saw that I was picking a star out of the sky. Amalei barisrael ganap. You stole from a Jew or you kidnapped a Jewish individual who are nimshalu lekochavim. Amalei chazai debalati lekochva. I saw that I swallowed a star. Amalei barisrael zavante vachalta lidame. You kidnapped a Jew, sold him off, and then you consumed the monies that you received for it. Amalei chazai enai denashkana dodi. That my eyes either were kissing each other or bumping into each other. Amalei baalachuto. Is an individual who slept with his sister because the parallel eyes are indicative of a brother and a sister siblings. And the fact that they are now bumping together or kissing together is an indication that he slept with his sister. Amalei chazai denashke siara. I saw that I was kissing the moon. Amalei baal eshet Israel. I know now that you slept with a married woman from Israel. As we know, the Jews are nimshalu yareach to the moon. And similarly, a woman is compared to a moon because she reflects the light of her husband. And that's what we see in the dream of Yosef, that his father was Nimshal Kesh Shemesh, his mother Yareach, and his brothers Lekochavim. Amalei, Chazai de Darichna, Bituna de Asa. I saw that I was stomping on the shadow of Hadas of a myrtle. Amalei, Ba Al Naram Ruasa. You slept with a woman who was halakhically engaged. And as Rashi explains over here, because that was the practice. A woman who had yet to be married when she was being taken to the chuppah, that they used to decorate the chuppah with hadasim, with myrtle, and that was an indication that it was her first marriage and that she was a tula that was getting married. So his stomping on the shadow of a myrtle was an indication that he had slept with a woman who was halakhically engaged. Amalei, chazai tuna milai. I saw a burn-in or a package or really a bed on top of me. And I was underneath it. That you had intercourse with you on the bottom and your wife on top. I dreamt of many ravens coming to my bed. Your wife was an adulteress with many different men. I saw many dogs circling around or coming to my bed. You slept with many married women because as we saw before that Yonah is a representation of the wife of an individual. I saw a dream where I was holding on to two Yonim and they flew away. You married two women. And you release them without giving them a get. This is very similar to what Rabba saw in the previous Amud. He also had a dream about two doves that flew away. Over there, Barhadja interpreted it that he would have two wives that he would divorce. Over here, the interpretation is that he has two wives that he sent them away but didn't divorce them. And the difference interpretation might have to do with the fact that in the Tztuki's dream, it says the Nokit that he's holding on to them still, which means that they were still bound to him as opposed to the dream of Rubble. Amalei Chazai Deklifna Be'e 
I saw in a dream that I was peeling an egg. Amalei shachvei kamishach. You are stripping the dead of their clothing. And an egg is connected to the mate because you feed eggs to the avelim, just like lentils, because there are items that have no mouth to them, just like the avel or the mate has no capacity to speak in their condition. Amalei kulu itnubi. You got all of them right. Everything that you said is true. Barmiha, except for this last thing, delete, that it's not true because that never happened. Now, it's very interesting because many times this is cognitive dissonance. A person will see that Rabbi Shmuel, one after the next, is getting all of these things right, and then he gets one wrong. And for this individual, this Stuki, it was enough that Rabbi Shmuel got one thing wrong to undermine all the credibility that Rabbi Shmuel had. And even though Rabbi Shmuel has demonstrated over and over again that he's getting them all right, that one little mistake causes a person to suddenly question the credibility of Rabbi Ishmael. It's a human condition. It's something that you have to be very careful about because you could talk yourself into anything because if you don't want to believe or you're trying to convince yourself of something, you will use the smallest excuse, however far-fetched that it is, in order to justify your position and not have to take responsibility or acknowledge whatever is happening in front of your eyes. And Rabbi Shmulevit speaks about this in the Sikhat Musar, how this has this deleterious effect on an individual's ability to take corrective action or to believe in that which they need to believe in. But sure enough, in the interim, a woman shows up, and she says, that cloak that you're wearing, the Gabra Plonio, the meat, that is from that person who passed away, and you stripped it off of him. So sure enough, even this one, the fact that he denied, here we have outside evidence of the fact that Rabbi Shmuel interpreted it properly. He said to him, I had a dream that it said that my father left me possessions in a place called Kaputkia. He said, sure enough, that means that you have possessions and your father left you something in this place called Kaputkia. Amarle, it's a question whether this needs to be here, because it seems to be that's Rabbi Shmuel speaking again. Didn't your father go to this place? Amarle, love. No, he never went there. So then him came, Rabbi Shmuel says, Kaputkia is really a contraction of two words. One is Kapa, which as Rashi says over here, is the Greek word for Kshura, for a beam. And Deka is the Greek word for Asara, for ten. Like you have a decameter or a decimeter. Dec in Greek or Latin is a ten. And therefore he said, Zil chaze kapa deresh asara. Go look on the tenth beam in your house. Shimalea zuze. That is going to be full of money over there, whether it means on top of the beam or inside the beam. Azal ashkach shimalea zuze. And sure enough, he went and checked. And there was tons of money that was left there seemingly by his father. Now the Gemara switches gears a little bit and moves on to specific items that people see in a dream, and the meaning of seeing those items in a dream. Someone who sees a cistern or a well in a dream, he will have peace. That the, the servants of Yitzchak dug a well in the riverbed, and they found a live spring. And even though in this particular instance, it ended up with a altercation with a roe grar, Nevertheless, in the end, they finally do dig up a well, which brings peace, and where there's no argument about it, which is, take me, So the end, the game of this, 
is a peaceful resolution, and therefore it's something positive. Rabbi Natan Omer, Matzah Torah. Someone who sees a dream like that is really a reference that he found Torah. Nemar, Kimotzai, Matzah Chaim. That when you find me, you will find life. Tevacha, Be'er Ma'im Chaim. Meaning that the Torah, which is Nimshalakim Ma'im, is compared to water. So when you have found a Be'er Ma'im Chaim in a dream, that's an indication that the person has found a well of Torah. And the Gemara actually back on Daf Chet had a machloket as to whether this pasuk is a reference to any shah, to a woman, or is a reference to the Torah. And so this clearly favors the interpretation that it's referencing to Torah, although you could argue, even according to the one who says it's an isha, it's an isha that helps to facilitate his ability to learn Torah. Rabbi says it literally means life, because it says, Be'er Ma'im Chaim. And just like we found in their day, things that were simanim, something that was alive or very alive, if you consumed it or if you saw it, it gave you life. So so do when you see a be'er that's associated with ma'im chayim, that's a good siman for chayim, for a long life. Amar shlosh There are three things that if you see them in a dream are an indication of shalom. Nahar, a river. Sipor, a bird. Ukdeira, a pot. This is actually the source for the title of the book, The River, the Kettle, and the Bird, a guide to a successful marriage, it comes from here, and that these items are a siman of shalom. Nahar dichtiv, because the puzzle says, that I will lean towards it, like a river of peace, which is in the last parak, which begins, which is the Aftorah for Rosh Chodesh that coincides with the Shabbat. And Hashem says that I'm going to return to Yerushalayim in the end. So it's a Nevoah of Nechama, of Hashem's return to Yerushalayim. And then we know Tzipor is a Siman for Shalom, because it says, another Nevoah of Yishayel in Perak Lamed Aleph, where Hashem says that he protect B'nai Israel, Ketziporim Afolt, Ken Yagen Hashem Tzvakot Yerushalayim, like the birds that take flight quickly, so too Hashem Tzvakot will provide protection or return to Yerushalayim in a sudden manner. Ganon Vitzil Pasoach Vimlit. Speaking about when Hashem comes to protect Chizkiyahu Melech and the people trapped in Yerushalayim from the armies of Sanchevev. And over here it mentions the word Pasoach, which connects it also to the miracle of Pesach. And it's a remez to peace or shalom because of the fact that Hashem is providing protection to Yerushalayim and will take away the battling armies of those that seek to destroy it. And Kedera, Dichtiv, because it once again says in Ishayahu, Hashem tishpot shalom lanu, Hashem will lay out for us or set up peace for us, kikam goma asenu paltalanu, because you always have done for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Groh explains over here that these three different representations of Shalom are actually progressive in nature. The Nahar is a river that flows between two banks of the river, which keeps them separate, but it keeps Shalom between them. Then the Tzipor flies from the Aretz to the Shemayim and back and forth, so it's Mechaber between the heaven and the earth. And then the Kedera is even stronger in bringing Shalom because it separates between fire and water, which can't coexist, but makes it possible for them to be utilized and to flourish in that environment. 
it. And therefore, the Kedera is the highest form of those that bring Shalom. And the Maral sees it as being representative of different relationships that need peace or good relations between the parties. One of them is between a man and his fellow man, which is represented by the Nahar, where different rivers flow and then meet, come together. And a bird represents the Shalom between an authority and the subjects that are under them, because that's a bridge between Shemaim and Aretz. And the pot represents the Shalom between a man and his wife, because they become like a Gufechad, like something that's cooking in a seer, becomes a single item through the fire and water that are brought together. And others playing on that morale also want to suggest that the shalom that's spoken about here are shalom in the micro, which is between a husband and a wife, by like the Kedera represents, say, shalom in the micro between one party and another party, or a husband and a wife. The Nahar represents peace within a region or an area because the river covers those areas. And it's Sipor, which flies all over the place, represents Shalom in the whole world. So, Amar Chanina, that's only true if it's a Kedera Shem Babasar. It's a pot that doesn't have meat in it in the dream because Shaninu, we have the Posok in Micha that describes Hashem's disappointment in the leaders of Bnei Israel, And it says that you should listen, Rashi Yaakov Ktsinei Beit Israel. You should have known what is just and right. Instead, you've hated good and you've loved bad. And you've stole the skins of the people from on them. After tearing their skins off of them and their flesh off of their bones. And then breaking their bones into bits. Then you cut it up into a pot like meat in a cauldron. So you see that there's a negative association with pieces of meat or cut up pieces of meat inside of a pot. And that's why if you see it in a dream, it has negative connotations. Now the Gemara is going to move on to discuss a number of items where you see it in a chalom, whereby you need to create a positive interpretation before there's a negative interpretation of the pasuk or that the item that you see in the dream. And it'll turn out that it's some of the items that we saw before, which generally are of a positive nitiyat to them in terms of their interpretation. Nevertheless, the Marshall points out that despite the fact that we would lean heavily to the positive side in terms of the interpretation, Still, if it's interpreted negatively, it will have a negative impact, and therefore the Gemara recommends in all of these cases that you should have in your mind or interpret it with a pasuk of positivity before a negative pasuk comes into your mind. And the Gemara is going to go through a list of these items. I'm Rabbi Shubin Levi. One of the items that we just mentioned before. Yashkim Yomar. He should get up and say the pasuk that we noted before, which indicated that that it is associated with Shalom, which is Hinini Noteleh Kinar Shalom. Kodem Shiyakdemenu Pasuk Acher. Before another negative who comes to him, where Shayao speaks about that Hashem is not incapable of bringing Yeshua salvation and redemption to the people, but it's the sins of the people that cause the problem. And Hashem is punishing them because they don't keep stokal mishpat, they don't treat people properly. Then Hashem finally sees that there's nobody left amongst Klai Israel to save them, and he himself has to come in and provide that salvation. And it says that when he comes to provide that salvation, and in the West they will revere the name of Hashem, and in the East his glory or his presence, because he will come like a narrow river, Ruach Hashem no in which the wind of a Kodesh Baruch Hu is driving through. And so here it's Hashem bringing punishment on those that persecuted B'nai Yisrael and those that are evil. 
And the next pasuk afterwards is Uvalitzion Goel, Ushave Pesha Biakov Nu Mashem, which is the pasuk that we say in Davening every morning, Uvalitzion Goel, that Hashem will then bring a redeemer to Cloud Israel for those that return from the iniquity of Yaakov. But the Nahar Tsar, a narrow river, is used here in a form of punishment, even though it's a punishment of the enemies of Cloud Israel, and so therefore that would be a negative interpretation of the word Nahar. Someone sees a bird in a dream. He should get up and say the pasuk that we quoted before again from Yishai. Before of Kitzipor, Kitziparim afot Kenya again Hashem tzevakot, which was the positive pasuk. Called him shikivenu pasuk lecher. Before you get the negative pasuk that comes from Mishlei, nefesh zveyat tavus nofet, a person who is satisfied and full rejects that which is served to him. Nefesh reva kol marmatok, and someone who's hungry, everything that's bitter is sweet. Kitzipor no dedet minakina, like a bird that takes flight from its nest. Kenish no deid mim kamos, so too is a person that leaves his place. That would have a negative connotation of you having to move around or to wander. Haroek teirab b'chalom, someone who sees a pot in a dream, yashkim v'yomar, should scud up and say the pasuk that we quoted before from Yishayahu, Hashem tishpot shalom lanu, kodem shikdvenu pasuk acher, before he gets the other pasuk that comes from Yechezkel, where Yechezkel gets a nevoah about the fact that on that day, Melech Babel was laid siege to Yerushalayim, umishol el beta meri mashal, and tell these rebellious people the following parable, b'martalim, komar Hashem elukim, this is what Hashem says, shvot hasir, shvot, gamitzok bomayim, place the cauldron down on the fire and put water into it, and then put all the meat and the bones and everything into it to be cooked up, because that's what's going to happen to this city that is full of blood because they haven't rectified their ways. They're going to be boiled up in Yushalayim like the way it's boiled up in a pot, which is obviously a negative connotation. Someone who sees grapes in a dream, you should get up and say the pasuk from Hosea, which says, Like grapes in the Midbar, I found my people Israel. Your forefathers were like a first fig to ripe on the tree for me. But then they worshipped and then they became as repulsive to me as the love that I originally had for them. But then you can see in there that the Anavim represent that love that Hashem had for us in the beginning. Therefore it's positive. Call them Shikdvenu Pasuk Acher before you get to the Pasuk that's found in Parshat Hazinu. That if they really understood what was going on here, they would take heed. How is it possible that And then it says, And that their vines are from the vines of Sodom, and from the vineyards of Amora. Their grapes are like poison. They are like bitter clusters. And so that's a negative association with the grapes. So you want to get the positive pasukin before you get the negative association. Rehar b'chalom, someone who sees a mountain in a dream, yashkim, should get up and say the pasuk that's found in Yeshayahu Nunbet, which is one of the Shibon and Nechemta, Manavu al-Harim, how welcome or how at home are those on the mountains? Raglei the footsteps that herald Mashmiya Shalom, the one who announces about peace. Mivaser Tov, that brings good tidings. Mashmiya Yeshua, and herald salvation. Omer Litzion, Malach Elokayak, to tell Zion that God is your king. So here you have a mention of Harim in a very positive context. You should have that. Before you said the Pasuk, Pasuk that's found in Yirmiyahu, and is the source for the fact that we say Kinot on Tishabab, Allah Harim, Eseb Echim on the mountaintops you should cry and 
whale on the Odmid Baran in the pastures of the deserts. Kina, you should raise a dirge. Kinitz Dumi Bliish Over, because now they are empty, laid to waste without anybody passing through them. Loshamul Kol Mikneh, they no longer hear the sounds of the herds. From the birds of the sky to the animals, they've all moved on, they've all fled, and no longer are there. So obviously that's a negative association with Har, and so you want to get the good Pasuk before you get the negative Pasuk. person who sees a Shifar in a dream, Yashkim Biyumar, you should get up and say the Pasuk to interpret it in a positive light from the Pasuk in Yishayahu. On that day, they'll blow the great shofar, and all those that have been lost in Eretz Ashur will return, and those that have been pushed away, will return. They all bow down to Hashem and the holy mountain in Yerushalayim, so obviously a positive association with the Tkiyat shofar. Versus, before he gets the Pasuk from that you should have been just, or you should have acted justly, and instead you become a stumbling block, a trap, and a net, to capture those that are in these areas, and you haven't returned to Hashem, Hashem Bagadu, you've rebelled against Hashem, you've bored children from foreigners, Et chelkehem. Tiku shofar begivah. Blow the shofar negivah. Chatzotzra birama. Which is our areas in Eretz Binyamin. Ariu beit oven. Acharecha binyamin. And then trumpet the house of iniquity after you binyamin. And then it continues. Ephraim neshamatiyah. Ephraim will be destroyed. Laid to Beyom tochacha. On the day of retribution. nemana. So it's a very negative association with tuku shofar. Because here the shofar is a warning of the impending doom rather than the positive shofar, that is the sign or the siren for the coming redemption. Someone sees a dog in a dream, Yashkim Omar. He should get up and say the puzzle that we find in Parshat Bo, when Bnei Yisrael leave Mitzrayim, that when Bnei Yisrael were leaving Mitzrayim, no single dog barked, whether they were there to secure and the dogs didn't bark, or they just didn't make a lot of noise, meaning that it was supportive of Bnei Yisrael's leaving Mitzrayim. Call them Sheik Demenu Pasuk before he gets the negative Pasuk, which is the Pasuk found in Ishayahu Nunvav, which is the Kriya that we have on a fast day. After the end of that Kriya that we normally have on a fast day, this Pasuk appears, despite the fact that, that there will be redemption and salvation in the future where everybody will get together. In contrast to that, you have Tzofav, Ivrim, Kulam, Lo Yadu, Kulam, Klavim, Ilmim, Lo Yuchlolin, Boach, Ozim, Shochvim, Ove, Lanum. The watchmen are lacking sight. They don't perceive anything. They're all like dogs that are unable to bark. And they lie down sprawling. They love to doze off outside. Klavim, Aze, Nefesh. And the dogs are Brazen or greedy, lo yadu sab'ah, they're never satisfied. Behem ro'im lo yadu, do avin and the shepherds don't know anything better. Kulam ledarkam panu ish lebitzo mikatseyu, all of them go off on their own way, everyone looks out for themselves, and they go on with their lives as if nothing has changed or nothing has gone. So obviously here, there's a negative association with the kelev. Someone who sees a lion in a dream, Yashkim Yomar, you should get up and say the Pasuk that we find in Amos, where Hashem says that you and I, B'nai Yisrael, are a single family, that we're still together. And then there's a number of mashalim that are given there. Could it be? Will two people walk together unless they're made for each other? 
Would the lion roar in the forest with terrifying low when he has no prey? Will the lioness raise her voice from her den unless there's some prey that's been captured? And then it keeps going. So too, you blow a shofar in the city, will the people not be fearful? If something bad happens to a city, doesn't it come from Hashem? God doesn't do anything before he lets his prophets know that which is going to happen. And then the puzzle says, When the lion roars, who's not fearful? And if Hashem has spoken, who doesn't give prophecy? So there's a positive association with Aryeh. But you should do that before you get the negative pasuk that is found in Irmiyahu. That the people should below the shofar Everybody gather together. Let's go into the fortified cities. You should raise the flag in Sion. Pretty quick and brash. And don't stay in place. Out of the north, the bad is coming, the Babylonians are coming to you, and there'll be a great breach or destruction. Allah, Aryeh Misubcho. The lion has risen from his den. And he's destroying nations on his march that he's left his place. There's a reference to the Bukhadnezar. He's coming to lay your land to waste. And he'll empty your cities of any inhabitants. So again, there, that's an Aryeh that's in a negative association where the Aryeh refers to the Babylonians or Nebuchadnezzar coming to destroy Klal Yisrael. Someone who sees either a haircut or a shave in his dream, Yashkim Yomar, he should say the pasuk that's associated with Yosef at Sadiq, that when they took him out of the boar to put him in front of Paro, that they shaved him and cut his hair and changed his clothing. For the pasuk that's found by Shimshon, when he finally reveals his secret to Delilah, he says, that if you shave my hair, then I will lose all of my strength. And that's what they end up doing and taking away all the strength of Shimshon. Someone who sees a well or a cistern in a dream. You should say the post which is described in Shira Shirim Perdalit. And then in describing the woman, it says, Mayan Ganim. Like a spring in the gardens, be'er ma'im chayim, a live water well, nozlim in Lebanon that are flowing down from Lebanon. Before the pasuk from Yirmiyahu Perk Vav comes to mind, Komar Hashem, Tzvelkot, Kirtu Eitzav, Shivchu Al Yushalayim Solila. Because this is what Hashem says, that they cut down the trees, and they're going to raise a mound that helps the people sieging the city of Yushalayim to break in. Hiha'ir hafkad kula oshek bikirba. It's a city that's destined for punishment because there's only fraud that's found inside of Yerushalayim. As the well flows with water, so flows the wickedness of Yerushalayim. Lawlessness and rapping are heard inside of Yerushalayim. Before me constantly are the sickness and the wounds. Yushalayim, take rebuke that I'm giving you, because otherwise I might be disgusted with you. Lest I might make you into a desolate area where there's no longer any inhabitants. So obviously that's a negative association with a boar. The word is spelt in the Ktib, boar, but it's pronounced bayir, which means as the well flows with water, so it flows with 
wickedness, or just like the waters of the boar are cold, so too it has frozen over with wickedness. So the Gemara again continues, someone who sees a reed in a dream, you should get up and say, the pasuk from Ishayahu Membet, Rashim says, He is my servant that I support, my chosen one. And it goes on to describe all the qualities of this individual. And one of those is, He won't even break a bruised reed. He won't extinguish even a dimmed wick. And he will always bring out judgment to its truth. That's the positive pasuk. Before, before he gets the other pasuk that's found in Melachim Bet, when Sancher is laying siege to Yerushalayim, Rav Shakeh, his general, is speaking to the people of Chizkiyahu inside of the city, and saying to them, what do you think is going to save you from the armies of Sancher that have destroyed everything in the area, and you're the only ones left standing? Are you resting on this broken reed? On Mitzrayim, that a person will rely on, Paro turns his back, or is treasonous with all those that have had alliances with him. He's not going to save you over here. And he goes on to say, you think Hashem's going to save you over here? None of that's going to work, and you're going to fall in the hands of Sancherib. So that's obviously a negative connotation with Mishenet Akaneh Ratzutz. Someone who sees a reed in a dream should look forward to Chokhmah because of the play on the words in Mishlei, which say both in Pasukei and Pasuk Zayin, Kenei Chokhmah, Kenei B'nina. One should acquire wisdom, one should acquire understanding. Don't leave it. It will take care of you. If you love it, and it will keep you well. The first step in wisdom is to acquire wisdom. With all your purchases, you should purchase understanding. And so they're playing on the word to mean not only to purchase, but a reed. And that plays into the psukim over here, which says that if you see a kaneh in the chalom, then you should look forward to chokhmah, because it says kaneh chokhmah, whereas if you see kanim in the dream, multiple reeds, it's bela bina. Then you should think of bina because of what we read, v'chol kinyanacha kaneh bina. With all your purchases, you should purchase understanding. Am Rabbi Zeira, kra, kore, kira, kanya, kulu malu lechalma. You see any of these items in a dream, they are positive. Kra is a gourd, kora is a heart of palm, Kira is wax. Kanya is a reed. They're all positive. Tanya. They only show gourds to individuals who are really fearful of the heaven with all their might. As Rashi explains over here that the word kra, which is translated as delat, someone who sees deluim or delat bechalom is a yirei shemaim because it comes from the posuk in Yishayahu, daluim enai lemarom. Let my eyes rise up to the heavens. So that's the word Dalat, is a play on the Dalu, that my eyes should be raised up to the heavens. Someone who sees an ox in a dream, Yashkim Yomar, you should get up and say the Pasuk that's found in the Bracha of Yosef, in Zodah Bracha, Bechor Shoro, Hadar Lo, he is the firstborn oxen, that is his glory. Before he has another Pasuk that's found in Pasuk Mishpatim, Kigach Shor Et Ish, that a Shor gores a man which is obviously a negative connotation. Five things are said about a shore. seems from the context here, it means that somebody sees these items in a dream. If you're eating from the flesh of the ox, that's a siman of wealth, and that you will be wealthy. If he was gored by it, then you'll have children that fight in the halls of Torah. 
Now, if the shore bites you, Yisurim Bayim Alav, then bad things will happen to you. Ba'ato, if it kicks you, Derech Rechoka Nizdam Lolo, then you have a long trip or a long travails that will take place for you. Rechvo, if you're riding on it, Ole Lugdula, you're going to be elevated to a place of stature. Batanya Rechvo, mate. Don't we have another bright that says if you're riding on an ox, it's an indication that you might die. Okasha, Derechiv, Hu'ole Torah. Depends who's riding whom. If you're riding on the ox, then that's a positive connotation. If the ox is riding on you, then that's a negative connotation and is associated with death rather than being someone who sees a donkey in his dream should look for salvation, Shinamar, because the Posuk in Zechariah is speaking about the Melech HaMashiach says, You should be joyous, daughters of Zion. You should cry out, the daughters of Yushalayim, your name Makech Yavolach. Your king is coming to you, Tzadik. He is righteous, Venoshau, and he'll bring salvation. Ani Verocheval Chamor. A poor individual riding on a donkey, Val Ayar Benotonot. So you see there that riding on a donkey has a positive connotation. Someone who sees a cat in a dream, Vajr Dekarile Shunra, in a place where they call a cat a Shunra, that's the name for it, Nasit Lo Shiranaa. Then it becomes a nice song for him. Shinra, on the other hand, if they call a cat in that area, Shinra, Naselo Shinuira, then something negative will take place. If he sees grapes in a dream, which we saw before, can have positive connotations. If they are levanot, if they are white grapes, ben bizmanam, ben shlobzmanam, yafot, whether they are ripe or not ripe, then they are a good siman. Shkorot, if they are dark grapes, then bizmanan. If they are ripe, yafot, then they're good for the dream. Shlobzmanan, root. If they're not ripe, then it's a negative connotation. Someone who sees a white horse in his dream, whether they're trotting or galloping, it's positive for him. If it's a reddish or brownish horse, if it's trotting, then it's good. If it is galloping, then it's a negative connotation. If a person sees Ishmael, and the Gemara will clarify right now, that's Ishmael, the son of Abraham, then his Tfilot, his prayers are heard, because we know that Hashem listened to the cries of Yishmael. And so therefore that's a siman, that your prayers will be heard, as well as the fact that his name means Yishmael. But if you see a regular Yishmaeli in your dream, that doesn't have that connotation. Someone who sees a camel in his dream, then death has been decreed for him from the Shemaim, and then he was saved from it. What is the posog? That I went down with you to Mitzrayim, and I will bring you back up. And as Rashi knows over here, the last two words, Gamalo, you can contract them to be Gamal. And then, it's from the posog that we find in Shmuel Bet. That's what Natan Navi tells David Melech after the Chet Batsheba. That Hashem will forgive you and you will not die. So over there again, it sounds like from the beginning of the Pazuk Gam and the end of the Pazuk Lo Yamut, that you can put together a Gamal, although the Marsha says that it sounds like the word Gam maybe comes from the Greek letter Gem, that a Gem is like a Gimel Yivanit. That's how you get from the word Gam to Gimel. That's how the Marsha explains it. If I was to give a Pazuk for that, I would have quoted the Pazuk that's at the end of Shmuel Aleph, when David goes to take retribution on the Amaliki who attacked his family and the families of his troops in Siklag, and then took them all into captivity, and then he descends upon them to kill them. It says there, 
in Perak Lamed Pasuk Yud Zayin, came David Mianeshef Ada Erev Lamacharatam, it's a Pasuk that we quote earlier in the Masefta about from morning until evening or evening to evening. Not a single one of them survived. Except for 400 young men who are riding on camels and they were able to escape. So these are individuals who were going to be killed by David. And the only reason that they escaped from that death was because they were on camels that allowed them to get away. Something wondrous is going to happen to him the same way that by Pinchas, the miraculous events that took place when he killed Zimri bin Salu and Kazi Batsur, which are recorded in the Gemara and Sanhedrin. Roe Piel Bechalom, someone who sees an elephant in a dream, Plaot Naselo, then wonders what happened for him. It's a play on the word, obviously, Piel. Pilim, if he sees multiple elephants, play Plaot Naselo, then even more wondrous things will happen to him. Vatanya, don't we have a bright that seems to say otherwise? Komine chayot yafin lechalom. All animals are good in dreams. Chutz min apil, with the exception of an elephant. Omein akof, or a monkey. Lokasha, that's not a problem. Ad masreg, ad lo masreg. Depends if they are saddled or not. If they are saddled, then it has a positive connotation. If they're not saddled, then it has a negative connotation because it means that they're wild. Okay, we're going to stop here on the top line of Nunzayin Amadalif.